when you uh, let somebody know that you will deliver what they want, what they need on time when they need it, they will pay a premium for that. Uh, so that's that's part of the success too of this business has been. Yes, we charge you know in some cases double what what that company would charge to do a shoot, but they know they're going to get what they need and they know they're going to get it when they need it. Uh, and the availability of the schedule, you know, sometimes you have to decide, do I want to be busy or do I want to be well-scheduled? Hmm. And being well-scheduled at the right price can be a lot more profitable and a lot more long-term. Uh, it has more sustainability long-term in my mind, uh, where you can have a little more opening in your schedule, but if you're charging twice as much, it's okay to have three hours. And it kind of improves the work-life balance too. Welcome to the Spiro Podcast managing your real estate photography and videography business with your hosts, Todd Kivimaki and Craig Magwell. Hi, and welcome to the Spiro Podcast, Managing Your Real Estate Photography and Videography Business. Spiro is a software platform designed to really manage and help you grow and scale your real estate uh, media business. I'm Craig Magram, host of the the podcast, and uh, normally you see Todd with us on this podcast as well. He is out this week, so uh, I'm flying solo with a special guest for uh, another Owner Spotlight Series episode. It's been a little while since we've done one of these, but the whole idea of the Owner Spotlight Series is to talk with other real estate media professionals uh, in the industry that have great thriving businesses and have things to share, things that they've learned um, that they want to share with you as well and just kind of highlight their business and, and learn from their experience as well. So before we introduce our guests this week, just want to thank our new listeners. Uh, Bobby uh, wrote in, met her at PMRE, and she said, hey, great podcast, Bobby. Thanks for listening and watching. And uh, those of you that are new, we just want to say thank you uh, for, for watching, for subscribing. Um, if you have an idea uh, of a topic that you'd like to see us cover on the Spiro podcast that relates to real estate media business, um, and we're, we're talking specifically about the business side of what we do. There's a, a ton of great resources on the creative side of what we do as, as photographers and videographers and marketing specialists. Um, and we want you to keep going to those sources, but we want to talk about the business side. So if you have a business question that you'd like to see Todd and I and a, a potential guest cover, uh, let us know. Just email us hello at spiro.media. Uh, best way to get a hold of us. And we'd uh, we'd love to cover that topic. And if if we can intelligently discuss it. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned, we're doing another owner spotlight series uh, this week. And uh, we met this this guest at, again, at PMRE. I just mentioned that Bobby, who's watching, we met her. Uh, but the PMRE conference was back in uh, beginning of November of 2022 in Las Vegas. First time for Todd and I and, and for Spiro to, to go to that and met a ton of great people at this conference, able to share some great ideas with each other and learn from each other. Um, but uh, this guest, we met him. He's from Central Colorado, uh, has a thriving real estate media business there, and um, also an invaluable user of the Spiro software, provided a ton of great feedback to us. Um, just insights that he's had, experiences with his clients with using the software. So we really just appreciate this guy's contribution to Spiro and the great feedback and the insight he's given to us. Um, it just helps us to continue to serve you as as real estate photographers and, and videographers well. Uh, but his name is Sean Beltran. He's Sean, did I even pronounce the last name right? You did, yep. 
Okay, thank you. Uh, he's the owner of Spacecraft Media. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Greg. Uh, you really know how to talk somebody up. So, <laughs> well, you know, um, we've really enjoyed getting to know you and, and work with you. And, and I meant what I said. We just we appreciate the insight that you've given us uh, with the Spiro software. But that's not the main thing that we want to talk about this episode. Um, but just want to kind of have you introduce yourself just as a human being. We, you know, we talk about business so much and we, we all love photography and videography and we talk about business a lot, but it, it, at the core of everything is we're human beings. So we'd like to get to know Sean, the human being, before we dive into your business. Um, do you mind sharing just a little bit about yourself, you know, family, hobbies, interests? Let's get to know you a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's, it's great that you mentioned the whole human element of running a business because it's it's very very true. Uh, for me, I I mean obviously my name is Sean Beltran. I, I live in Denver or just outside of Denver near the mountains. I've uh, been here for a little over a decade, uh, but I've lived all over the country. And uh, I have a, a wife named Casey, and we currently have one cat and uh, very very busy lives both of us. But uh, you know pulling pulling this business together and keeping it growing. Um, hobbies, I mean, strangely enough, I mean, we do uh, several of the cliche Colorado things. We do like to hike, but it's, you know, it's really kind of an outlet for getting outside and, and being in nature and uh, de-stressing a little bit for both of us. Um, and then travel. We're just we're getting ready to go on vacation here in, a, in about a week, which is crazy considering the spring season is about to kick <laughs> off. But, uh, I was going to say, that's interesting timing, Sean. <laughs> and it is. Having a team really helps, though, and I think that's really critical to, to growing a business also, is having people you can rely on. Um, delegation is really the key to any growing any business, no matter what industry you're in. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so that's that's really most of about me. Uh, hobbies other than hiking. I mean, I've had a camera in my hand since I was three years old, so it's it's a hobby, but it's also a business. So I, yeah. I do shoot when I'm traveling, uh, completely unrelated stuff, um, you know, landscape and, and macro work and stuff yeah. like that. I enjoy doing on the side. Yeah, but it kind of keeps my my edge sharp. I was going to say, shooting other types of photography is a great way to keep the creative juices flowing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My first love in photography was, is nature and landscape, you know, and, and just, yeah, getting outside, like, like you said, on hiking, um, just really kind of helps you refresh and get, you know, get, get a different mindset and just kind of breathe. Cause I mean, let's face it during busy season, this business can be crazy, just crazy. Yeah. Um, a lot of late nights and early mornings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were mentioning off, off, uh, off the episode, you were up pretty late last night, uh, doing some twilight work. Yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a good shoot. It was a twilight shoot for a new client that I onboarded recently, and uh, they really wanted a nighttime shot because they had spectacular views of downtown from their back deck at the home. That's awesome. So we ended up we ended up staying until about nine o'clock to shoot, and mm -hmm. they bribed me with dinner to stay late. So I, figured, <laughs> All right, I guess I'll I guess I'll go the extra mile here. And, and there you go. So nice, kind of a nice perk to the job. I I don't think I've ever had dinner offered. Every <laughs> once in a while, there's a beer, a wine, or dinner. It's, it's nice when it happens. There you go. There you go. Well, since we're, we're talking a little bit about, about the work we do, um, let me, let me ask you, how did you first get interested in, in real estate photography and, and, you know, how did the idea for your, for your business, uh, spacecraft media come about? 
Yeah, it's a it's kind of an interesting story. I shot my first house back in 2003 in Texas when I was living there, and at the time I had been working with a working for a portrait studio that's one of the big national brands. Uh, everybody has seen them at least once. They do almost everybody's high school photos, and I was working in their studio uh, for their senior photos, <clears throat> and it wasn't really my my favorite thing to do, but it, I was doing something in the industry which was making me happy that it was, I was working in photography and getting paid for it at that time. Um, but we, we had the opportunity to uh, kind of rent out one of the cameras from the studio that was one of our portable rigs and shoot a luxury house that was about 20 minutes out of town, outside of town. And back then, we were shooting on uh, 120 film, 120, 220 medium format film with uh, studio strobes set up inside the house to light the interior. And I think we shot five photos for the listing and <laughs> it paid around five or 600 bucks for five photos. Wow. So it kind of puts things in perspective is where, where the industry is now, where, you know, to do five, 600 bucks, you're probably doing photos, videos, a couple of other extras to, to make right. all of that happen. Yeah. Uh, unless you're in the luxury space where you can still, or commercial work, you can still demand that for much less work. But right. uh, that's, that's how I got started. That was the first house that I shot. Uh, and that kind of kicked off, it sparked the interest for me in architecture. And from there, I ended up going to uh, Brooks Institute of Photography in Santa Barbara in California. And we did, one of the first classes we did was learning how to control a 4x5 view camera. Mm -hmm. And the way we learned how to do that was by shooting some of the local architecture, uh, doing things like correcting perspective and all that stuff with a view camera. Wow. Uh, so from there, that just kind of, the whole thing snowballed and it was like, all right, this is actually something I really enjoy doing because I'm putting together this visual puzzle, especially in the 4 by 5 view camera where you're looking at everything backwards and upside down. Hmm. It, it was a very different discipline to learn how to put those pieces together in, in a composition. Yeah. Uh, and that, that really just kind of kicked it off for me. So as far as starting a business and how Spacecraft Media came about, it wasn't until I was here in Denver that... I was working in the service industry because I had a, I got out of photography school and, and had to find a job. And uh, I ended up in the service industry and worked my way up into management for uh, a large coffee company that's a Starbucks competitor on the, on the West Coast. Mm, okay. And <clears throat> ironically, it's how I met my wife. We worked together and, and became really good friends before we, uh, she moved here to Denver, which is how I ended up here. Uh, it was a, kind of a long roundabout story, but I, I'll shorten it up and say I was in the service industry for a while. I came here to Denver because of the growing relationship with my wife. That's awesome. And uh, it's honestly, it's the, it's the best decision I've ever made, but it's also the nicest place that I've ever lived. Hmm. Um, Santa Barbara was great, but it's extremely expensive and there's not a lot of work opportunities for photographers someplace where there's a huge photography school. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, a lot of the work is being done for free uh, for class projects. <laughs> the school's closed now, but it, it was at that time. So it was really hard to find work in a specific discipline, right. unless you were a very uh, kind of niche wedding photographer. That, that's still a pretty good business up there. Okay. Um, but there's a there's a few. I met a few uh, at the conference that are architecture, real estate photographers in Santa Barbara and the surrounding areas, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so that was nice to see some other people in that area that are, that are pulling that off and growing businesses. Um, but I started the business here uh, after owning part of a marketing company and realized that the marketing side of things for other people 
uh, specifically social media marketing, was not something that I was passionate about. Mm. Uh, and I had to get out of that as quick as I could. So it, it, it kind of forced me to say, well, I think about what I really wanted to do. And I really wanted to get back into <clears throat> photography full-time and not so much marketing. And uh, one of the things that I did in order to start growing the business was I started networking and, and joining groups. So that's kind of how I kicked off this business. Right. Uh, I joined the BNI group and became really good friends and still work with the agent that was a real estate agent in that group. And to be honest, almost about 80% of my business now is trackable back to that agent and the referrals that I got from her yeah. and the people that those people introduced me to and so on and so on. Uh, it's, it's really a huge percentage of my business uh, that has come from that. And that's definitely something that I would tell people to consider doing if you're, if you're not sure how you're going to grow, uh, there's a really, really good chance that at least that one person in that BNI group is going to give you a shot. Yeah. Uh, they may not, they may already have a really good relationship with somebody they're using, but that's kind of the case for most agents unless they're, my photographer moved or died and I've had that happen too. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> that's a good way to tell people, this is what I do. Uh, learn how to educate people on your business and, and why you do what you do is kind of a big part of what, those types of networking groups are all about. Yep. And it, it really is a good way to learn how to start talking to people about your business uh, in a, an impactful way. Yeah. I've, I've had, Sean, I've had people ask me just in other industries, ask me about the effectiveness of BM, BNI specifically. And, um, you know, for, for the, the dues that you pay each year, I, I always more than got back what I was paying in dues in, in, revenue, you know, from, from paid jobs that were referrals. So yeah, absolutely. A, a smart thing to do, especially if you're just starting your business out. Yeah. I mean, you have to be genuine about it. You have to really want to yep. meet those people and get to know them before they're going to trust you. You know, it's and, the, yep. the old saying of people, people will refer people that they know, like, and trust. Exactly. I don't remember who said that in what book, but it, it's something that's talked about a lot in networking groups. And you really do have to get to know people mm-hmm. and have a genuine interest in them. But that's the same thing for your clients that are yeah. that you're, uh, outside of a group like that, it's you have to. They have to believe that you really have the best interest in their well-being before they're going to trust you to help them with their business. Yeah, and if and if you're expecting referrals from people in a group like that, you better be giving referrals as well. Quality Absolutely. quality yeah. referrals. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Good good point. So let's let's dive into your your business a little bit more. Sure. So let, let me ask a, a, just a couple of short questions, if you don't mind answering. On average, how many listings would you say that you're shooting a year as Spacecraft Media? You know, I, I was pretty sure you were going to ask me that question. And <laughs> I thought about it and and my initial reaction was, I have no idea. Huh. And it, the reason I say that is because my business has been shifting from as many not doing as many MLS listing shoots and doing a lot more commercial work and work for builders. Oh, okay. Which I understand is not you know, not necessarily the most ideal uh, apples to apples comparison, especially for a podcast about real estate photography. But it's still those builders are still selling those homes. Absolutely, and, and it's still similar marketing in the in the work and the running of a business is still very similar. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when I was 
uh, and I'm not saying this to be insulting to anybody that's doing this, but I call it when I was grinding it out, when I, when I was only doing MLS listings and I was growing the business from, from the BNI referrals and personal referrals coming from those clients, I was shooting around an average of three sheets a day okay. through our busy season, which, was, which runs from, we track the numbers in the highest grossing months are from April to October. So it's really a six month period that's that's really busy. Right. And then the rest of the time it's marginally busy with the exception of December and January. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whatever that average is out to, it was working probably five days a week for yeah. six months out of the year, um, doing three to four a day and just killing myself with all the driving. <laughs> uh, which is part of why I, which is that's part of why I decided to, to kind of shift a little bit. And and one of the clients that I was referred to through all of those connections uh, is a, a large builder that's been growing at a pretty impressive scale here locally for the last seven years since I've been working with them. <clears throat> and we've really kind of created a partnership mm, in, in awesome. that business where they've kind of told me, you know, we, we're using all of your stuff for our catalogs for our online presence. It's, it's what's getting people interested in our homes. So we're, we are going to continue to use you because it's, it's part of our brand, what we do for us. Yeah. No, uh, great, great and relationship. It, and sure. it doesn't hurt that they're really nice houses to spend time in. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's a nice place to, to be. Uh, so the model has changed a little bit over the last probably two and a half years. It's, it's okay. Since COVID, really, it's gotten to be a lot more luxury homes and a lot more new construction. Um, but I would say the number of sheets is probably still about the same. Okay. It, well, a little less. It's probably I'm probably averaging one to two a day. Okay. But they're much bigger, longer jobs. So right. It's still the same time sheet. Yeah. So you mentioned that you're delegating a, a little bit more. So I'm, I'm going to assume you have a team or... Is it more contractors that you're delegating out to? It's a little bit of both. It, okay. And I think the team is going to grow a little bit more this year. But I, I do have really strong relationships with a few contractors locally. Uh, I guess they have their own businesses. Yeah. And we kind of cover for each other when somebody needs time off, whether it's for a medical emergency or a family emergency or a vacation. But we still have the benefit of running our own business. And it, it's... One of those things where I, I've been of the mentality in any business that I've ever been in that it's more important to be part of a community than look at people as competition. Mm, that's uh, great insight. And not everybody, that, that model doesn't fit with everybody. Some people just have to look at it as it's either me or them mm. getting this job. Uh, but I'm fortunate enough to be in a market where that's not really the case. There even the number of real estate photographers that have moved here or started, like just became real estate photographers because of what the Denver market has done over the last 10 years is kind of crazy. And, and I'm part of that crowd of people because it's been, you know, maybe a decade since I've been here. But we've got a lot of opportunity. Uh, and, and there's still, even with the market doing what it's doing today, there's still a lot of opportunity here. Uh, I'm not telling you to move here. We've got plenty of people. But it's, it's still a really good market where people are busy. Um, it's just they're not as busy as they were a year ago. But yeah. that's that's really helped. Having those contractors that are other business owners that we all trust each other. We're not out there punching each other's clients. Mm. Uh, and what I found, for me anyway, is most of our clients 
are with us and using us because we're a good match personality wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those, those other business owners are different people from me and I'm different from them. So their clients are not always the best fit for me hmm. as a long-term client and vice versa. My clients, a lot of times will work with somebody else that, that <clears throat> is covering for me and they're always happy with the results. But every time I come back, I hear that, like, it's great to have you back. Like, I feel like we vibe a little bit better. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that these other people's clients say the same thing to them because they just, you can tell when somebody's the right personality that you want to work with and when they're not. Right. <clears throat> having somebody that you can rely on to help is huge. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting what the, the comments you just shared because I, I was going to ask you, you know, Denver Denver is a major market. Um, so I... I'm imagining there's there is competition out there, um, and I was going to ask you, you know, what does set you apart from your competition? But it sounds like you have a good community there, so maybe the competition mindset isn't the right one, to, the right approach to the question. But what, besides your your personality and how you click with your clients, what what does set Spacecraft Media apart from say other uh, real estate media companies in the market? Yeah, it's I mean, there's definitely there's definitely a competitive market here in the sense that we have some, uh, we have some large companies that <clears throat> are in multiple states that are more of a, like, I kind of refer to them as the big box company that has, and they're, they're spread out, you know, like you guys are kind of in, in one area. This company has states that are not connecting states. They're not regionally specific. They kind of have popped up in, in, states all over the country. I think they've just gone from markets that are busier as opposed to areas that they can service locally. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they have a very different business model. You know, they're they're hiring people that want to work for an hourly wage coming out of high school and learn how to do something with a camera. Right. Much like I was when I was a portrait photographer shooting for high school seniors. And I'm in a very different place in my life now than I was then. And these people are learning and that's great, but they're mm-hmm. doing a very different kind of job than what people like us that are, that are owning and running and growing businesses are doing. Right. And I think that's really apparent to a lot of people in town because I've had people come to me and say, you know, I've used company XYZ and asked for certain photos and I don't get them mm-hmm. or <clears throat> somebody shows up and, and I have to argue with them about this one extra shot that I want because they're too concerned about what the company policy is. And I'm just trying to ask them for something a little bit different than what I'm normally getting. Mm-hmm. And those kinds of things stick with somebody like a realtor that, that is also kind of writing their own brand guidelines and what, how they want to take care of their clients at the same time where we are a reflection of that. And it sticks out to them when they can't get what they want or need for their clients. So I've had a lot of people come to me and say, we were using this, this company, but uh, you know, it's just we're not getting what we need, so we need something else. And, and they will pay a premium for that. That's, hmm. that's kind of the other side of it, too, is when you uh, let somebody know that you will deliver what they want, what they need on time when they need it, they will pay a premium for that. Uh, so that's, that's part of the success, too, of this business has been, yes, we charge, you know, in some cases, double what, what that company would charge to do a shoot, but they know they're going to get what they need and they know they're going to get it when they need it. Um, And the availability of the schedule, you know, sometimes you have to decide, do I want to be busy or do I want to be well scheduled? Hmm. And being well scheduled at the right price can be a lot more profitable and a lot more 
long-term, uh, it has more sustainability long-term in my mind, uh, where you can have a little more opening in your schedule, but if you're charging twice as much, it's okay to have free hours. And it kind of improves the work-life balance too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and th- that's important. It, uh, okay, so that, that's a soundbite moment. Do you want to be busy or well-scheduled? <laughs> great point. I, I really like the way you put that. Um, but the the fact that you've mentioned work life balance that is so hard as a business owner yeah. when when we feel like you know our our business is our baby. I mean we we've, we've started this business. We've worked hard to to watch it grow. You know, in in being in the real estate space, we know we know our clients are rightfully demanding because they're serving their clients who are demanding and you have to be able to respond quickly. So that can be really hard to not get sucked into the, um, the, the temptation of always thinking about our business and not taking that break. At least for me, when, when I was running my business, it it was, that was hard to do, especially during busy season. Um, but the fact that, yeah, you can serve your clients in a different way to create that space so that you are spending time with your family, which is critically important to to maintain a, a healthy life, it, it, both a, a, a healthy family life, but a healthy business life as well. Because if, if all you're doing is um, concentrating on your business and your family suffers, that's going to pull over into your business life at some point, and it, it will affect your work and your service to your clients. So I, I think that's a great a great approach to that, Sean, that, that you are creating that space so that you're giving your best to both your, your clients and your family. So I, I applaud you for that. I mean, it, it's, don't applaud me for it. It's been a lot of pushing for my wife too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. And, and I, I learned the hard lesson when I was in a, a different career. I, I worked in radio for almost 20 years and I was the general manager of a station and I was working 70 hours a week. You know, we were a small staff, limited budget, and I felt the ownership of that. And um, I, I got sucked into it and it, it, it was hard on the family and was probably the hardest four years of our marriage. So, um, you know, lesson learned hindsight. It's not that you don't want to work hard, but you want to, you want to live healthy. Yeah. Um, So anyway, yeah, great insight. Um, So we were talking off the episode again, a little bit um, about something you have going on with your business right now, a deal that you're working on that, um, kind of ties in with past topics that we've covered on the, on the on the podcast about broker deals. So I'm going to shift gears here because you have some great things to share on this that I think listeners and viewers can glean some things. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on? You know, any details you can. Obviously, you're not going to share everything, but um, tell us what's going on with uh, this broker type deal that you're working on. Yeah, so it's it's a, a company that I've been working with for about seven years. Oh wow, long time relationship. It's yeah, it is a longer term relationship. It's somebody that uh, is like a third or fourth tier referral from that agent that is a good friend of mine that I met in the BNI group. Uh, she referred me to one of her business partners who was uh, selling homes for this company when I started working with them. <clears throat> They're a custom home builder here in town that specializes in contemporary homes uh, in the luxury market with a little bit of an industrial feel and design to them. Okay. And it's something that, that I really love shooting because they do a lot of iron work and they're, they're vertically integrated where they have a lot of their own stuff being done in house. So they're, 
their timelines are much better than a lot of other builders that are waiting for stuff to come off of a boat somewhere, um, which means they can produce homes quickly, which is great because that means that they're closing deals every month, every week, and I'm shooting them. And <clears throat> I've been doing the photos for them for, like I said, about seven years. And this is actually kind of funny because one of the things that, that I was going to talk about as far as advice to people is continuing education. Yeah. And this, this all kind of circles back to PMRE. And I, I did the video workshop with uh, Jordan and Steven. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff that we learned in that, in that uh, workshop were things like stop motion and time-lapse video work for luxury homes. And I had one of the, the agents selling one of their homes that was, I think it was priced at like 2.6 million, which, uh, you know, here is definitely a luxury home, but it's not, it's not quite the, on the golf course, but it's a, it was an amazing home with, you know, views of the Rockies, out of several windows out of several rooms. Uh, and so we did <clears throat> a video. They said, we, we need to do something special for this one because we really need to knock this out of the park for our, uh, investor client that built this house with us. So I did some time lapses doing some sunrise and sunset stuff and some stop motion in the kitchen, making it feel like uh, the kitchen was being used. Hmm. You could kind of tell a story there. And <clears throat> when I delivered that file to the agent that was selling the home, that, that works for the realty division of this home builder, uh, they have their own realty division hmm. within the company. She happened to be sitting down with the ownership of the company, one of the people I, I know pretty well, but the others I've never met. And they watched the video, and everybody in the room basically said, why are we not doing this on every home? Like, this this is our brand. This is what we need to be doing. Um, and it, so it was huge. I mean, the, getting that feedback was like, it was completely mind-blowing. Of, oh, my yeah. God. I, I, like, this is what I want to be doing anyway. This, is, oh, awesome. this was a day-and-a-half-long project doing all of this time-lapse work, uh, you know, <laughs> tens of thousands of images compiled to make these times, these time-lapse sequences work. <clears throat> and wow. the, the time and effort that went into it was seen by them and, and they really appreciated it. And they basically said, okay, we now realize what level of content you and your team can put together for us. We didn't mm-hmm. realize that you could do this much more than what we were doing already. Hmm. And they came to me and said, we've got our content calendar for 2023 uh, drafted out. How much of this work are you capable of doing? And I took a look at it and there were 73 deliverables on that content calendar in terms of video projects. Wow. Plus all of the regular photo shoots that I'm doing for them, which has been averaging about 50 a year. So we're talking about over 125 total pieces of content or or jobs, if you want to call it that, from this one company. And we had a a few kind of intimate conversations about what's going to make sense for them, what's going to make sense for us, because when we talk about that many jobs, we're looking at a substantial sum of money that a company is now looking at paying one person. Mm -hmm. So as a business, does it make more sense for them to hire somebody in-house or does it make more sense for them to keep it contracted because they can settle the relationship a lot easier if they need to, if they decide to sell or move or whatever happens, the market crashes, which is probably not going to happen. But if it did, that's a different kind of liability and exposure to them as a business to have somebody contracted versus an employee. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then for me, what makes sense? Does it make sense for me to go to work for somebody full time when I've already got a business that's doing more every year than what they're talking about adding to my book? Hmm. Or do I start hiring and, and outsourcing? So that that was part of the conversation too. Uh, so it's something that's not completely locked up yet, but it's it's something that is a big consideration for how how things move forward for the next couple of years. You know, ultimately, we decided that the best thing is probably going to be to keep it all contracted because it, it leaves them less exposure to payroll taxes and gear yeah. expense and insurance and all of the things where, you know, to throw numbers around, if they were to pay a company $100,000 to do all of this work, it's still about the same cost as bringing somebody in-house for $60,000 a year Yeah, between all of the extra stuff that they've got to pay for. Uh, so, you know, they can... They can pay one way or the other. It just kind of depends on where they want to pay and how they want to pay for it. But um, you know, should the deal work out, what we're looking at is is setting something up as a retainer schedule where they're going to commit to a certain number of hours every week of work, and it'll be billed monthly and, and essentially work like, like a, an attorney or somebody else would on a retainer where we would be billing production, post-production, and pre-production hours for all of these projects because there'll be multiple running at a time and I'm going to need to have multiple people running and working on the projects doing different pieces. So it's, it's going to make more sense to do it that way. Yeah. Say, this video is going to cost 500 bucks. This one's going to cost 4,000 and try and piece it together that way. It's going to be a lot easier to just essentially service them as an agency. Yeah, no, that, that's a great approach. And, it, you know, it brings up an interesting question about, you know, when, when say a, a real estate photographer does face that kind of situation where somebody's wanting more of your time um, and or even wanting them to shoot for, wanting you to shoot for them exclusively, um, which I think is getting to be in, in like you had, you and I, you had said uh, off, off the episode, I think is getting to be more of a common request as some of these larger brokerages want, do want to bring things in house. What, what advice would you give to that real estate photographer that that is presented with that um, situation or offer from a brokerage? Hey, we want to bring you in and have you shoot exclusively for us. What, what are the things that they should consider Sean um, as they're presented with that situation? Yeah, I mean, as, as somebody that has worked for another company, like I said, with the portrait studio, and obviously run my own business, there's there's a lot of things that you have to think about. You know, there's just to name a few, you're, you're looking at the difference between <clears throat> writing your own schedule and somebody else telling you where you've got to be and when you've got to be there. So if, if that's not if that's not something that works for you, or if that's not why you started your business, or if it really clashes with your why of why you do what you do, mm-hmm. that's a huge consideration for a lot of trouble to, to be able to write their own schedules. You know, people that have family lives that they need to be able to juggle childcare and time with family versus time working. Sometimes having somebody else dictate when and where you have to be doesn't work. So mm-hmm. like that, that would be my first and was my first consideration of like, it's, it's that, it's, when we talk about copyright, that's a whole other thing. If you're working as an employee, that that's a thing that you have to consider that if you're doing work for hire, you no longer own that content. So if that's something that is important to you, which, which it should be as a business owner, um, that's a, a serious consideration of, am I okay with doing this work for this price and never owning it? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are just starting out, 
maybe that's not as big of a concern for you because maybe you're not in a, in a place where you feel like you are at your peak or you're doing your best work yet. Um, and, you know, not to say that, that anybody that's maybe isn't doing their best work yet, but if you feel that way or you feel like you still have a lot of room to grow, it may not be as big of a deal as if you've been doing this for 10, 20 years and you feel like you are polished and uh, people are coming to you for advice and saying, like, I need help doing this stuff. Uh, you're probably at a point where your knowledge and experience is more valuable than, than an employer can pay for. It's, mm. I mean, maybe that's my opinion. But yeah. Uh, and then <clears throat> the other side of it is the, the exclusivity. You can't keep growing your business. You know, where's your business at? Where, what do you, how do you feel in what your business has done so far? Do mm. you feel like, you know, owning a business isn't for everybody. Yeah. If, if it were, there would not be employees working for large corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. You know, there, it, it shouldn't be for everybody. Just like being an employee shouldn't be for everybody. We need that balance in the market in order for uh, a system like ours to work well right. and for people to be happy in their work-life situation. Uh, so if you're not the kind of person, maybe you found out you got into owning a business and you realized this sucks. I don't like it. You know, or I'm overwhelmed or, or situations change and you go, you know what? I, I need to be able to turn off work when I'm not at work. Yeah. Cause if you own a business, anybody that owns their own business, you know, you can't do that. Like if you, if you tell yourself that you could do that, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> Because even even if you're on a beach relaxing, and I'm speaking from experience, it's, it never turns off. Yeah, that phone goes off, and the first thing that goes through your head is, "Is that something I need to deal with?" Right. It's not turned off if that's the way you the way you react to your phone. Um, but if you hit a point where you go, I, "I need to not do this anymore. I need to be able to focus my time and my energy on something else." You know, we, we've heard a lot of stories about people that started their business and it ruined their marriage. If you're in that situation, maybe it's worth considering being an employee for somebody else if they're going to pay well enough. Um, but if you are looking at that, you have to look at also, you know, what am I going to make doing this for somebody else versus how much can I grow my business on my own and how much potential earning do I have? Along with money comes the satisfaction. You know, how much satisfaction am I going to get working for someone else versus if I do it myself and I really... Uh, work at growing my own business, is that going to make me happier? Am I going to be more satisfied with my choice if I do that? And I, I think that's probably just a few of the big considerations. And there's so much to think about, uh, but can service this client in the way that they want and need to be taken care of. Uh, and they were really open with me and said, if you say no to all of this, we're still using you for all the work that you're doing for us now. Because that's that's important to them to have the work that my team and I put together for them in their catalogs and on their website. That's like they said before, it's that's helping them sell homes. So that's not going away, but if I can do more for them and keep the branding consistent and have a better relationship working with them, they, they want to do that. Um, so that's, that's kind of where that deal came from and, and how it is shaping up to, to finish out. Excellent. 
Excellent. Our guest is Sean Beltran. He's the owner of Spacecraft Media in uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, this, uh, uh, again, uh, an owner spotlight series episode where we just, we'd like to talk to other business owners and talk about what's going on in their business, glean from them some knowledge and, and some wisdom about what's helped them be successful. Sean, we, we always like to kind of wrap these, these types of episodes up with, um, a unique piece of advice that you've you've discovered, you've learned, you've experienced that could benefit another uh, another business owner, whether they're they've been in it for 10, 15 years or they're just starting out last month. Um, so let me let me pick your brain on that. What's if you could choose one piece of advice that you would give to a fellow real estate media uh, marketing type company? What would you say to them? There's. That's hard to pick one. I know. I know. <laughs> it really is. Uh, you know, it, it, the things that I think about when, when trying to help other business owners are not technical. It doesn't relate to how should you shoot? Should you do it this way or that way? What's better? We can, we can talk about that in Facebook groups. That's not, yep. that's not business advice as far as I'm concerned. That's fun banter. Yep. Um, when I think about that kind of stuff, the, I'm – I'm going to do two things because I, I can't do one because there's two that are really important to me. Okay. Okay. The Fair first one, and I'll keep them both short though. The first one is, is be very aware of your own personal mental health. Um, whatever that means for you uh, and, and whatever the word therapy means for you, like it, it's not a bad word. It's not an ugly word anymore. Uh, and it never was and it never should have been. It was kind of stigmatized. And I think, there are people out there that will say, you know, don't ever show your partner that you cry. Don't ever mm. be weak. Don't ever look like you're you're weak to somebody else, clients or or loved ones. <clears throat> and I, I think that's really toxic advice yeah. uh, because you're ignoring your own mental health. So if it's if your therapy is faith based, if your therapy is science based, it doesn't matter. But have somebody that you can talk to that is willing to help you grow as a person and and practice that regularly um, because it'll make a world of difference in the way you feel about what you're doing every day um, just learning to communicate that's that's huge uh, the other thing is uh, get a business coach whatever yeah. you know, whatever fit is good for you um, I have a good friend who's a business coach <clears throat> and the thing that has stuck with me that he told me over a beer one time was uh, business owners, new business owners will grossly overestimate what they can do in one year hmm. while also grossly underestimate what they can do in five to 10. Wow. Okay. And realizing that takes a lot of pressure off of how you feel about what you're doing daily. Because if you're not putting this unrealistic expectation on yourself of what you can get done in your, your first year or in one year increments, but look at the bigger picture. It makes it a lot easier to, to set goals that are achievable mm. and, and really get there. Uh, you know, he, he basically, when I talked to him about that, I was making, uh, I think I was making like $20,000 a year. It was my first year in business mm -hmm. when he told me that. And <clears throat> he said, you know, you're going you're gonna to hammer yourself about getting from that number to double that or triple that in this next year. But even if you don't make it, don't get down on yourself because if you put in consistent effort, you will far exceed that 
in five. And that was five years ago, and we far exceeded that. Um, and obviously, we're talking about one deal at hundred thousand to hundred fifteen thousand dollars a year. So that's to when I told him that he was just blown away. He was like, I mean, I, I told you that. Take that pressure off of yourself. What you what you think you can achieve in a year is probably unrealistic if you're just starting out. But don't think that you can't get five or ten times that in five years if you do consistent work. Consistency is the key. Small, small little bits of improvement every day. Great advice. Sean, thank you for sharing that. If if somebody wanted to pick your brain a little bit more and, and maybe ask you a, a question directly, we're all about helping each other in this industry. You know, we're, we're spread across the country. We're spread across the world. We've got people listening in Canada and overseas. If they wanted to reach out to you, how, how could they get a hold of you, Sean? Yeah. I mean, you can email me. My email is sv at spacecraft, S-P-A-C-E-K-R-A-F-T dot I-O. Uh, or you can shoot me a text or give me a call. My number is 720-369-9169. Excellent. Our guest again, Sean Beltran, owner of Spacecraft Media in Denver, Colorado. Sean, thank you so much for taking time with us. Um, it, it was just great to hear your experience and, and learn some from you. Yeah, it was great to be here. Thanks for having yeah. me on, Greg. Absolutely. We'll stay in touch. So, uh Great content this week. Great advice from Sean. Um, feel free to share this with others. If 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 you found something that helped you that could help somebody else, you know, mention it in a Facebook Facebook group or or uh, share you know share a reel on on Instagram. Um, but share this with others. Others, we're we're about helping one another. Um, be sure to subscribe that that way you get a notification when new content comes out from the Spiro Podcast. And if you would. We ask for a like as well. That that always helps. Um, again, you can contact us if you have a question for us or a topic that you'd like to see us cover. Feel free to drop us an email. It's just hello at Spiro.media. And uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you and just get content that's really tailored to what, what it is that you need in your business. Um, if you have questions about the Spiro software, We'd love to help you with that as well. Um, again, you can email us hello at spiro.media or stop by our website, which is really easy. Spiro.media is, is the address. Uh, don't forget, uh, you can always catch the, the audio podcast. If you're watching the video version right now, you can catch the audio podcast on any of the major uh podcast platforms and vice versa. If you're usually listening, but you have some time in the office, uh, feel free to check out the, the YouTube channel and it's just at Spiro podcast. All right. So that's going to wrap things up for this week. It's, it, it was good to do another owner spotlight series and talk with Sean. Um, we, we just, we really enjoyed these episodes because quite frankly, Todd and I get tired of just talking to each other. Uh, but we like learning from from the community as well and sharing that knowledge with you. So until next week, just be grateful for the blessings that you've been given and take a breath. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for the Spiro podcast, managing your real estate photography and videography business. This is a production of Spiro and Wow Video Tours. You can find out more about Spiro's real estate media business management software at our website, spiro.media.